I am a hopeless romantic, which is really funny because there's so much of me that is like logical, needs planning, strategy, all of that. But then when it comes to like love and crushes and all that, like I am like so deep into Hallmark Channel situation. <laughs> hey, welcome to Super Crusher, your crushworthy dose of influencer hacks, business tricks, and candy-flavored makeout sessions hosted by head cheerleader and self-proclaimed master of pep talks, me, Annabelle, also known as Belle, make money in your pajamas Yes, you can. I'll show you how. This podcast is devoted to influencer marketing, social media, creative entrepreneurship, and also course building strategies with a pinch of John Hughes. And if you do not know who John Hughes is, your homework is to watch 16 Candles, let's see, Uncle Buck, Pretty in Pink, Mr. Mom, that's a good one, some kind of wonderful classic, The Breakfast Club, Weird Science, She's Having a Baby, and the list goes on. So trust me here, just do it. Jake Ryan, eat your heart out. This episode is sponsored by our Vision Akash Toolkit. This complete 8 to 10 week self-study toolkit is going to be your secret weapon to taking your influencer game and business to the next level. It's a complete strategy from start to finish with a series of video trainings, tech tutorials, and companion materials. You will have all the tools you need to slay your ultimate first course with confidence. To learn more about our Vision Akash course and to get started for free, go to www.supercrush.social and check out our Build Your Course Obstacle Buster webinar training. The thing is going on right now. It's on Evergreen for the moment, which means that the replay repeats. So check it out while it's still up. Total shortcut. And you can find the links to Vision Akash and our free webinar in our show notes. You guys, I'm so excited for you to hear this podcast today. If you are an influencer and you want to amp up your revenue or you want to be an influencer and need a pretty solid strategy, this conversation is full of tips to get you inspired to take action and as Monica says, rip the band-aid off. Monica is the founder of Confessions Media, a public relations and podcast management agency, helping female entrepreneurs and influencers expand their reach beyond social media. Monica is an influencer consultant and expert in the blogging industry and brand and publicity, and she helps clients launch podcasts, manage their podcasts, and get them on other podcasts. Monica has been featured on Huffington Post, Best Friends for Frosting, Pop Sugar, Blogged Podcast, and many more. She's also the host of Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast, where she interviews seven-figure business owners, celebrities, and influencers in her newest podcast, How to Pretend to Like Sports. So we're super psyched to have her here today because Super Crusher is brand new, so we are going to squeeze as many tricks and tips out of her as possible <laughs> in this conversation. So for those of you who don't know about my new company, Super Crush Social, we teach course creation as a way to up-level your revenue with an income stream that you can put on autopilot. And this talk today is going to be super valuable because Monica teaches how to create an income stream with her own game-changing strategy. 
So these strategies can work really well together if you're ready to just go big time. So you're going to love this. And also stick around to the end because we've got a few awesome freebies. Monica will give you a PDF with the three PR firm secrets to land brand collaborations. And I'm going to give you 28 days free of my favorite course building and marketing software, Kajabi. Monica is so psyched to have you here. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> So it's the perfect time to have this conversation. Um, like I was just mentioning, this is brand new and I'm kind of trying to figure out how to do everything. So I just want to start with something that you wrote that I feel like was so powerful. You said, quote, I believe everyone has a message to share and deserves to have their voice heard. And I want to empower people to do that without feeling like they have to be successful or famous first. I love that so much. But, oh yeah, one more thing. So before we dig into your story, I also want to warm you up with my super crush theory. I don't know if you have heard. Actually, no one's really heard about this that much. I haven't really talked about it. So I kind of believe that we have a hidden power source that we all sort of forgot about. And I talk about this because, as you know, like mindset is the most foundational part of building anything especially like a business. And so a super crush is that feeling that you had like in junior high or maybe like early high school when you just fell in love for the first time. But it wasn't like kid love and it wasn't adult love. It was like hardcore crushing. And my theory is that this energy gets kind of turned off subconsciously before we leave high school. And then everyone like enters the world and then starts their life. But like so much of our magic is kind of like programmed out of us. So I feel like one of the, one of the most powerful things to do in business or basically like in our adult lives is to kind of be aware of this and turn this super crush energy back on. So my way of doing it is if you remember what your first crush felt like, and then you practice conjuring up that feeling daily, like or hourly even, it will actually rewire your brain and then use and then you can use that energy to kind of fuel your business. So it's just this pretty simple trick, but basically that's what a super crush is. Just kind of remembering what that feeling felt like and then really bringing that into your now. Does that make sense? Gosh, I love that so much. I'm so curious about this. Do you remember what your first crush felt like? Like can you, like right now if if you could like feel it, can you feel that feeling? Yeah. Well, and I have to tell you, I'm one of those girls who did not let the crush thing go after high school. Like well into like my late 20s now, I am still the friend in my friend group who is the one who's like always having like a massive crush on someone. <laughs> I love it. So I feel like it's all too real for me. Um, also, all my friends are now married. And so now they just look at me and they're like, oh, God, here's another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I yeah, no, I mean, I am a hopeless romantic, which is really funny because – there's so much of me that is like logical, needs planning, strategy, all of that. But then when it comes to like love and crushes and all that, like I am like so deep into Hallmark Channel situation. 
That's a good sign. <laughs> so I know you we're we we're gonna talk about your the new podcast that you're starting, how to what's it called? How to pretend that you like sports. Yeah. Um for me personally, sports have such a huge connection to my original super crush energy because but I went to high school in Ohio in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So like football games were kind of a major place to like yeah. have your crush or experience a crush situation. Um, did sports play a big role in your crush situation at all when you were younger? I would say inadvertently. Like, so for me, it was funny because I grew up watching sports. Um, watching sports was big in my family. Even like with the women in my family, my aunt was one of the first female sports reporters in Texas. So that was just like something that was second nature. But what I found was when I did like a guy, he just assumed that I was liking sports to like impress him or to, um, you know, pretend to be cool or whatever. And that's kind of where the name of the podcast comes from is because actually this summer I saw my crush from high school uh, when I was uh, visiting New York and he actually said that. He was like, Monica, you just always pretend to like sports. And I was like, quiz me. And (laughs) basically got so competitive about it. But that's where the name of the podcast came from. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. And so what is that? What's that podcast going to be about? Yeah, so really it's twofold. So one part of it is bringing the sports conversation, which is such a big part of our society, right, to the millennial woman in a way that, you know, is easily digestible, interesting, and she knows what's going on. I have had roommates, friends come to me and say, you know, um, when I'm at work on Monday and it's before a meeting, all the guys are talking about the games over the weekend and I'm just sitting there quiet, but I don't want them to think that I can't participate. I just don't know what games we're on, right? Or even you're bound to find yourself at a sports bar on a Saturday. So just – Helping women like feel like they can participate in the conversation and not worry about asking the dumb question. And then the second piece to it is shedding light on women in the sports industry. Like I said, it's something that was in my family and I was always a little too scared to dive into that realm, but it was always something that was in the back of my mind. And so this is kind of my way of living out that dream. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. So awesome. Let's backtrack a little bit and get your backstory and you can just dive into you. So let's start with your company and how you found your way into like PR and specifically this podcast niche. Yeah. So if we go all the way back to undergrad, um, I studied public relations and advertising through the journalism school at Texas Christian University. And at the time, I also started my very first blog and YouTube channel. And now this is back in like 2009, 2010, when it was not cool to blog. So none of my friends knew about it, but it was like a fun side project that 
let my creative juices flow because back then you needed to know HTML um, and then also just the whole creative side of actually putting outfits together and all that. So it kind of fit everything into one, but it just was something super nerdy and dorky and I wasn't about to tell my sorority about it. (laughs) Right. Right. But um, so at that time, I thought that fashion PR was the direction that I was going to go in. And um, I didn't know where the blogging industry was going to go. No one really did. Um, And after I graduated, I really wanted to put all my eggs in the corporate basket. I really wanted to make this fashion PR thing a reality. And living in Texas, that meant the mecca was Neiman Marcus. Right. So I ended up getting a job at Neiman's and – worked my way up. And instead of working my way up through PR, I actually ended up working my way up through the buying offices. So ultimately, I became an assistant buyer for Couture for BergdorfGoodman.com and NeimanMarcus.com. Oh my God, amazing. Yeah. And was a total dream job. I remember when I was 12 telling someone that I wanted to be a buyer for Neiman Marcus and literally someone telling me, do you know how many girls want that job? Um, so that was a huge milestone in my life that I will never forget. And I appreciate it so much. However, I also learned really fast that I needed something that didn't have as much structure in my career. And I was not willing to wait till later in life to find that. And at this time, blogging did start to become a real thing. And Dallas is such a huge place for bloggers. One reason being reward style is based in Dallas. And this is the time that reward style was really taking off. And so I was having friends come to me who did know, you know, I started to mention, oh, I used to have a blog, blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, can you help me start an Instagram account? Can you help me with this? So I started helping um, my coworkers and friends launch their blogs and they were taking off. They were doing amazing. And, you know, two of those are actually pretty well-known bloggers today. But anyway, I started to realize, you know what, if I can help them do this, I sure can do it myself. And I ended up deciding, you know what, if I do that, I need a job that isn't as uh, demanding so that I can actually take time to do this. Because at that time, I was working on my blog between anywhere from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. And it just wasn't sustainable. Right. So I moved out to L.A., and worked at some startups because startups really do give you that flexibility. And also you get to see what it takes to really run a business, like a scalable business. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to see like what it takes to run a business that can actually like really grow beyond yourself. And um, at that time I realized, you know, what where my strengths really lie like yes i love the creativity of blogging but i really love being able to help other people make it happen and so i kind of put the two things together that my paycheck doesn't just need to come in through the blog itself but it can come through helping others make this a reality 
And at this time, I wanted to start a podcast, but my boss at a startup that I was working at just I brought it up and thought he thought it was the worst idea ever. And I asked a few friends and they also were like, no one listens to podcasts, Monica. And I was like, well, I do. So someone else has to. But I let them get the best of me. And I tabled that until this past January. So that's like three or four years that I tabled that idea that I knew I wanted to do so badly, which is crazy. But I'm so glad I did. And, you know, launching the podcast kind of reignited a different side of PR for me in that it's really been exciting to get my clients on podcasts and guests on their podcast that they never, um, you know, that they didn't have in their network, that they never would have met otherwise, and then they become best friends. I was on a client call yesterday and she was telling me about how um, a girl I introduced her to, that they're going to go get coffee when they're in the same town next month. So that's, that's almost even more rewarding than the actual setting up the interview itself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. And it's so funny because the story you just told, I was actually um, stalking your Instagram account (laughs) and I um, took out a little quote that you said because it was like, I felt like it was so interesting. Do you mind if I just quote you right now? (laughs) Um, You said four years ago, I knew I I wanted to start a podcast so badly, but here's what stopped me. Number one, friends talked me out of it because what even was a podcast back then other than listening to Serial? Number two, I thought I needed a co-host. Number three, I thought I needed a larger following. Number four, I thought I needed the perfect topic. I'm – it's 2018. I'm realizing those things – um, that I've made up in my head to procrastinate its its creation. Four years later, the idea of it was just as exciting. There was no excuse. I had to make it happen for me. And it has become one of my most favorite parts of my business. If there's something you know you're dying to do, this is your friendly reminder to make it happen today. I thought that was so, so cool. So uh, can I just start asking you some like podcast questions? Let's do it. Okay. So my first question is just super simple. So right now I'm just recording this on my Yeti mic, which I use for my courses to record my courses and do screencasting. In just like a regular room at my parents' beach house, I think I probably told you like I'm on this permanent vacation (laughs) situation. And this room has hardwood floors. There is a rug in it. but So it's not – I've heard of people like recording podcasts and closets and stuff like that. So how important is equipment? I mean, here's the thing. It's important, but it's not a deal breaker. So your Yeti mic is perfect. What you don't want is to use like the mic um, on the iPhone headset because when that is sitting against your clothes, every time you move, it's going to pick up the sound of it rubbing against your sweater or your shirt. So you do want to up-level there. But again, like a Yeti mic, you can get on Amazon for like 50 bucks. Um, And then yeah, 
you know, if you have a dog or if you have kids in the background, then you do want to go into the closet. That's pretty soundproof. But, you know, right now I'm recording in my living room and it has hardwood floors and it doesn't have furniture in it right now because I just moved and it, apparently it takes three months to order a couch. <laughs> <laughs> and so, totally. you know, it's for someone who has a very trained ear in audio, um, they're going to pick up on things. But to the everyday person, as long as you have those things covered, then you're good. Right. So actually right now I'm I have my earphones plugged into my Yeti mic, the earphones from my phone. Mm-hmm. It's it's not actually it's recording in the Yeti mic, right? I was yeah. all of a sudden yeah. at the last minute, I was like, oh my gosh, what if it starts recording from the mic on my earphones? So that freaked me <laughs> out. So it's 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 not doing that, right? No, your computer should <laughs> recognize it. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So not a deal breaker because as I'm actually a music producer and I'm like super kind of a perfectionist about sound. Right. And I – perfectionism was the first major thing that just had to effing go with (laughs) building my business because you just cannot be a perfectionist and start there because you're just – Again, it's you're you're not going to get anywhere, you know. Right, and you know, like you said, like your your background is as a music producer, so you you can pick up on the things that the untrained ear can't, right? But then it's just about thinking, okay, does my audience have the same background as I do? Maybe not. So maybe the things I'm picking up on, they're never going to notice. Right. And I'm just traveling with a carry-on. So uh, this mic is big enough as it is. And so to be like bringing around tons of more equipment is just like not going to happen right now. (laughs) All right. Good to know. So um, my next question is, so why is a podcast such a good strategy for influencers right now? So as we all know, Instagram can be saturated, so to speak. Um, There's a lot of the same content on Instagram, right? And there's so much of it that when we see someone's photo or see someone's post, we're really looking at it for like two to three seconds. And we're not really building that relationship, that connection with that influencer. So there needs to be another outlet in which influencers can build the connection with their audience. And I have found that podcasting really allows you to do this because through a podcast, you are hearing someone's voice. It's like you're sitting in a room with this person on a coffee date for 30 minutes to an hour. And that's really where these connections happen. And that's really going to be the difference between someone just coming across your Instagram thinking, oh, that was a cool photo, and then forgetting who you are, never recommending them to your friends. Or listening to a podcast, feeling like you're best friends, you have everything in common, and now you're telling all your friends to go follow this person. Yeah, totally, totally. Because the voice just feels so intimate. Even you know, you don't realize how intimate that is, even if you're not looking at someone's face. And I also, um, as a 
New Yorker. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time in the car, but I know that most people do. And so um, I know a lot of people are listening in cars. And yeah, could we just go through like the pieces to making your own podcast? Like, if someone is interested in getting started, how hard is it? Yeah. So it doesn't have to be hard. It really just takes organization on your part and sticking to a timeline. So really all you need, right? So you need the microphone, you need the computer for where you need to record the episodes. And then if you want to interview people, then, you know, you can use something like Zencaster, Cast, Skype, Zoom, so many options. So once you have that locked in, then it's time to choose your music, which you want to make sure is royalty-free music that you have permission to use. That's a big one because um, with technology now, the places where your podcast goes out, let's say Spotify, they have the technology to see if you've ripped that off from someone, right? So they're not going to approve you anyway if you don't have the permission to use that music. So you want to choose the music and then you want to do your intro and outro. And I know the intro and outro is a place where I've seen people really get caught up. I've actually seen someone delay their podcast launch by two months. They already had like six interviews already recorded. They just didn't have their intro and outro and kept rewriting it and re-recording it so many times. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> And here's the thing that I want everyone to remember. It doesn't have to be permanent. You can change it three months from now. You can change it six months from now. You just got to get it out there. No one's going to not listen to your podcast because of the intro, right? So you just need to just- – So what is the, what is the intro or an outro exactly yeah, so usually? The intro would be like, welcome to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. This is – a podcast for influencers where your host, Monica Woodhams, interviews seven-figure business owners, entrepreneurs, and celebrities. Um, and they chat a little bit about girl talk shopping and, you know, the they debate mimosas or Bloody Marys over brunch. And then the outro would be something like, Thanks for listening to the episode. If you enjoy the episode, don't forget to like, rate, and review. Um, every review counts. Uh, something like that. So yeah, yeah, that would be an example of the intro and outro. So it's super simple, super quick. You don't want to overthink it. Yeah, like I said, the perfectionism thing, it just needs to go away. Yeah. <laughs> because just baby steps here. Uh, so I actually have – a personal story about the iTunes thing. So I this is a brand new podcast, as I mentioned, and I applied for iTunes like I think it was like last week. And I had a clip from a movie, Reality Bites, because it was part of the conversation I was having. And I put like a really tiny movie clip in there. I think it was only a few seconds long. And that clip also had a song in it. And my podcast didn't get accepted. So I now have to resubmit it. And I'm, I know it's because of that mm -hmm. clip. And I just wanted to, but, but at the same time, 
it was the exact same day or week or a few days that Jenna Kutcher and like Julie Solomon, uh, people with huge podcast followings that have like hundreds of podcasts had been kicked off iTunes. Do you know anything about that? I heard like the tag, something with the tag system changed or is there, are there any like tips you can give us? Because I know that like a lot of SEO goes into the podcast. You know, you want to put the right, tags, the, use the right words. Is there anything that you should do or shouldn't do in that area? Yeah. So one thing that people were doing in the past, um, they were putting keywords in their uh, title of their podcast, right? Oh, you know what? I did that too. That could be another reason I didn't get – I got rejected. Rejected. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll totally change that. Yes. So that is something that iTunes does not want you to do. Um, and that's because, you know, they kind of feel like you're cheating the system, so to speak, when it comes to SEO. So – um, that is one thing. If you put in the keywords in the title, you will not get approved. Um, so maybe it wasn't that Reality Bites clip, but I'm going to take that out anyway. <laughs> maybe not. It really could have been just that. Um, yeah. And that means that you just need to be descriptive when it comes to your about the podcast, when it comes to – um, your actual podcast episode descriptions, just be really descriptive mm-hmm. because people can still find you based on those descriptions. You just don't want to be, you know, it's like on Instagram when you use really obnoxious hashtags, it right. just, it kind of takes away from the platform in a way. So the description um, is that usually just a few sentences long? How long should the description be? So I would say a paragraph, a short paragraph. And you mentioned Zencaster, which is actually what we're using today, and then Skype. I know some people use Zoom maybe. Mm-hmm. Are any of those better than the other? It's personal preference. I personally have tried Zencaster, Cast, and Zoom. And I like Zoom the best. Um, I just found that for me, Zoom has been the most reliable. Um, Again, it's personal preference. I have friends who swear by Zencaster. I have friends who swear by Cast. It's just like anything else. You know, some people love Asana. Some people love Trello. It's just going to be what fits your vibe. Right. Okay, cool. Good to know. So in terms of your your overall strategy, okay, so like let's say podcasting is one part of that. What are some other parts of your strategy that when you're consulting with someone that you kind of throw out there? Yeah. So I really think it's important to not ignore Instagram, to not ex- get defeated by Instagram, you know, you can still grow on Instagram. It's just going to take a little bit of a different strategy than it used to. So in the past, you could rely heavily on hashtags to get new followers. Now, hashtags really just get you likes. Um, It's really hard to convert someone from a hashtag who's never seen your profile before. So what that means is that you have to be more present and engaging than ever. And that means even posting more frequently. 
There was a time where the algorithm didn't want you to post in the feed that often, but that has now changed probably because everyone's posting on stories and no one's posting in the feed. And so they want people posting in the feed. But, you know, it just takes a lot more action now on Instagram and it just can't be as passive as it used to be. But at the end of the day, brands, if you want to collaborate with brands, um, and even if, you know, you are a business owner and not a blogger, I think that brand collaborations are still really important because I still think you're an influencer because you're still here influencing your community. And I think that they would have fun seeing, you know, like what brands you've been loving lately. And so those brands are looking at your Instagram followers above anything else right now. Yeah. So I know for a lot of people starting out, the brand collaboration part is really intimidating. How does that actually work? Yeah. So it's – okay. So in the past, you could sit here and wait for a brand to reach out to you and they would, right? When I first started back in 2009, 2010, I had brands coming to me. Today, there's so many influencers that a brand's not going to find you. They just, unless you're one of the top 5%, they're not, they're just not going to find you. There's too many people doing the same thing. But that doesn't mean that they don't want to work with you. It just means that you have to reach out to them. And all it takes is sending an email that tells them who you are, why you love their product, how you'd like to work with them and asking them if they think it would be a good fit. That's it. It's that simple. And then two weeks later, you send a follow-up email because, you know, chances are they don't reply because they're inundated with emails. All it takes is a follow-up email, and then you hear back two days later. So I know that you use uh, you have courses, right? Do. You do have some awesome. I saw that you also use Kajabi too. I'm like so obsessed with Kajabi right now. Kajabi is actually one of the reasons that I kind of got into course creation so deeply. I mean, I was just making a little project and I just kind of got obsessed and it turned into this. <laughs> this. What courses do you have that you've made? Yeah. So I have three. So I have one which is focused around PR. And so we cover PR when it comes to working with brands, getting uh, booked as a guest on podcasts, getting people on your podcast. It has pitches, um, really everything you need. Then there's one just for launching a podcast. So I call it podcast in a weekend because really it outlines everything that you need to prep for your podcast in a weekend and really you could launch it um, if you dedicated that time to it, if you have everything prepped. Um, So it really simplifies the podcast launching process. And then I have Influencer Girl lifestyle, which is really about building your business around your blog. So really going from hobby blogger to, you know, business owner who's bringing in an income. And that is, that's my most robust course. It's um, three months long. Uh, It's self-study though. So you can do it at your own pace. So if you wanted to binge it, you totally could. But there's just so many foundational points to that, that, you know, it just covers everything when it comes to actually wanting to being profitable. And what I and you know what I mean by that is bringing in five figures 
a month, not just like a couple hundred dollars a month. So courses are obviously an amazing revenue stream. How do you, can you turn a podcast into a revenue stream? Absolutely. So there's two ways. One is through having sponsors, ads on your podcast. Actually, there's three ways. So one sponsored ads on your podcast. Um, The second way is by having a Patreon page or a membership. So this is where someone like your audience is kind of donating to help support the podcast, kind of like how NPR does their drives um, every Mm -hmm. quarter, I think it is. Um, and then, so people are successfully doing the Patreon thing with podcasts and they are, and getting they their, are. And the way that awesome. they leverage that is by giving added value. So I've seen people give like monthly coaching calls to their members or, um, Q and a sessions or free downloads every month. So you want to make sure you are giving them added value in order to incentivize them to sign up for that. Um, And then another way is by, you know, charging people to come on to your podcast as a sponsored episode. And I've seen that start at the $150 range and go up to $450 per episode. Um, And then I've also seen people start doing this at the $8,000 download mark. So once they hit $8,000 or sorry, 8,000 downloads, then they start charging people to be guests on the podcast. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then also just having a podcast and talking and if uh, is, is kind of just promoting your, your, whatever you're making your product anyway, kind of, you know, right. Yeah, exactly. And you could think about another way. Um, I have, my clients, you know, include an ad to the current course or uh, program that they're promoting at the beginning of each episode so that, you know, in a way they're sponsoring their own podcast. Okay. So for people who are just starting out and want to become influencers or maybe have already started becoming or maybe already have a following, but aren't really making the money that they want to make, what advice do you have like in general? Like what's the first thing they need to do? The first thing they need to do is look at how they're treating it like a business. Like are you treating it like a business or not? Are you assuming that you can't make X amount of money? Are you not putting in the commitment in it? Or are you scattering yourself in so many different places that of course there's no way a consistent stream of income could come in because you're not – dedicating enough time. So in my Influencer Girl Lifestyle course, the first thing that we focus on really is realizing, okay, what is your specialty? What are you known for? What do you, your friends and family know you for? What's that expertise that you have? And now how can you leverage that expertise to bring money in the door? So for example, last spring, I had a girl in the program who was a sophomore in college at the time, and she was a fashion blogger and travel blogger. And to her, travel was, you know, what really made her her. Every time she traveled, she felt inspired um, and just like had this new outlook on the world. And people could never understand how this college student 
was able to travel to Europe and all these cool places. And really, she was just really good at finding cheap flights. And so we realized, you know, this travel piece, this travel piece for the college student who wants to transform their lives, that's really where her expertise lies. She's not going to make money based off just being a fashion blogger, just being a travel blogger. She needs to really leverage her expertise there. And what that turned into is her talking with her audience, seeing what they really needed from her. And she hosted a luxury retreat in Greece this past summer, um, which is the program that she created during this course. So not only did this create buzz around her blog and she was able to really grow her blog, but she was able to really bring in sustainable income by launching this luxury retreat that started. And mind you, so many people could have told her not to do that because her ideal audience was college students. But, you know, she created something that people felt were going to make an impact in their life. So they signed up. So she really let go of any limiting beliefs that anyone could have and just trusted that this was the way that her message was meant to be shared. Yeah. And that is so important. Like that's so much of the super crush stuff. Like it's just rewiring all this conditioning we have that like puts the glass ceiling on our income or on our dreams. Is there anything else that you feel like you need to say or tips or tricks or any last minute nugget of inspo you can give us? Yeah. So my biggest piece of advice is to just rip off the Band-Aid and do it. And if that (laughs) is still not happening, get someone who is going to support you and be the accountability for you because what you don't want to do is feel two years from now, feel like, man, I should have done that. It's too late. Or why didn't I just do that? Like, just don't even have that as a possibility and just rip off the Band-Aid. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Can I call this a show? Is this a show? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on the show. (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) Yeah. It's fun to do this. And I... I feel like I got a little practice in today. So so yay with an expert. (laughs) You guys, thanks so much for listening to our girl talk today. I hope you enjoyed it. To sign up for Monica's freebie, the three PR firm secrets to land brand collaborations, go to bit.ly.com forward slash three PR firm secrets. And that link is also in the show notes. And if you are ready to start making some serious cash with an online course, go to bit.ly.com forward slash iHeartKajabi to get started on your first 28-day free Kajabi trial or click in the show notes if you're listening to this on our blog. You can also find our Vision of Cash Toolkit membership link there and also our free Obstacle Buster webinar link. And that is tons of free stuff and it's enough to get you started. If you enjoyed this, don't forget to like, rate, and review. Every review counts, especially because we're brand new. And I will see you around. XX Bell.
Oh.